Hi and welcome to this new episode of Dreamers and Doers. Today I interviewed a person who was my mentor in June when I joined a new digital marketing and online business opportunity. He's a really interesting and beautiful person. So I hope you have a great time. If you're interested in joining this digital marketing opportunity, just hit me up. We'll work together and Andrew would be your mentor. Have a good episode, guys. Hi, and welcome to this new episode of Dreamers and Doers, where I interview people who follow their passion and use it to make the world better. And I think that's you, Andrew W. Gordon. Welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. And just to give a little bit of background, I joined a collective two months ago called the Freedom Collective, and we're leveraging social media and uh, online businesses to create uh, more purpose and more freedom for people. And so I, jo I joined early June, and basically I went through a mentorship and a training to start my business, to... Um, to do digital marketing and part of, uh, well, the mentorship was led by you, Andrew, and I thought it was really amazing because on top of the hard skills that I was learning, there was a big part on mindset. And I've been quite a bit into personal growth recently, and I think it's one of the best things I've done on personal growth because um, you know how, you can go to a personal growth seminar and then you come back to real life, but then it's like a personal growth seminar for your whole life. And so I can see how being part of this um, business and collective is influencing everything in my life. So I wanted to ask you a few questions around the right mindset uh, for an entrepreneur, especially for an online entrepreneur. But as usual, I'll start with your story and how, um, you know, anything about your story and how you got into being an online business owner? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I love that um, you talked about the um, going to like those personal development seminars and events and whatever and the design to almost be like a drug. You know, you, you go in and you experience this huge high and the the fantastic ones, the high level performers like your Tony Robbins and, and things like that. They're like, there's an intricacy in that, like built up and it builds you up and then brings you down and builds you up again. And it's like, it becomes this addictive dopamine hit you get. And then it's like, well, how do you integrate those things? How have do you, you take that? Have you done some of them? I've not been to Tony. Oh, have I been to Tony? Yeah, I've not been to Tony Robbins, but I've been to a, a shit ton of others um, in my early days with like getting into, you know, um, personal development and also start becoming a coach. Um, yeah, just those events are addictive and they're designed to be that. They're designed to be incredible and to create a change in a moment. But it's like, then how do you take that back into your life? Like, how does that become a consistent thing as you shift back into the every other person, the way they relate to you, all these other things? And um, that's why I feel like family is the most grounding and most challenging relationships we have because family are always relating to you as they've known you. And if you're on this path of recreating yourself or shifting the way you show up in the world, um, the most challenging thing can be to have those that you love most relating to you and responding to you as you've always been. And when you did deep down desire to be something different, um, that's another conversation. Um, but yeah, my, my story, man. because I go to a lot of meditation meetings and the one thing that comes back all the time is dealing with family. Yeah, man. It, it, it's the truth that no one wants to look at. Like, and a lot of the reality is underneath a lot of this seeking to be, better or improving or more spiritual more connected all of this stuff there's quite often not not always but quite often a a subtle aggression against ourself a subtle aggression to who we are and underneath this desire to be greater make more of an impact all this stuff there's a part of us that doesn't feel who we are as present can be that or isn't worthy or isn't enough or we're trying to prove it to mum or dad or uncle kevin whoever they are and quite often it's the part that we don't want to look at, but when looking at that and making peace with that and forgiving and having compassion for all those involved and the stories you made about them, that's where the real growth is. And yeah, so it's, it's the hardest part of, you know, personal development is actually that it's, it's not the new techniques the new strategies, the new information, the new rituals in your morning. It, it's that it's the real, 
um, most spiritual thing is being a human, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, my, my journey, uh, try and keep it short. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm not like entrepreneurship was never something that I grew up with. Like it wasn't in my family parents weren't entrepreneurs. Um, my family had quite a poor view of people with money or having money, what it meant, you know, greed, all that sort of thing. So, um, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Um, yeah. And I grew up in a home where my stepfather was quite, um, he had his own pain. So it was quite mentally and emotionally, uh, sort of abusive and dominant and then became physical as I got older. And, um, I came out of, you know, that childhood, those childhood years, you know, coming into 18, becoming a man, you know, figuring out the world. I had a very poor, um, value and idea of myself and I didn't have a lot of confidence. Those sort of things. So was definitely not seeking to go against the grain into entrepreneurship. Like back then, you know, entrepreneurship is almost cool now. It never was back then. Um, but I was, yeah, I was in a lot of pain and I didn't have the skills, didn't know about how to deal with it and, um, masked that through my life. So different jobs never really stuck with, I couldn't stand it. I was in and out of jobs. I was either quit or fired in the first six months. Um, I was in, uh, relationships that were really toxic. Um, I didn't know how to really be with someone in a healthy way. And so I was bringing toxic people into my life and I was being toxic towards them. And, uh, yeah, I ended up early twenties, um, coming out of a really toxic relationship for a couple of years, really unhealthy, really not well. And I started working in nightclubs, a friend of mine bought into a club and that was <laughs> the greatest and the worst possible place to be, uh, coming out of a long-term relationship and, you know, moving out with this person, and everything. And, um, I started drinking heavily. I started doing drugs. Uh, I became really addicted to cocaine. And then I went down a, a really steep decline at that time in my life where, um, I was kind of like the man, like I was able to hook you up with anything, you know, musicians, celebrities coming in our club. We turned the club from like ships to the night one on Saturday night. Um, all of this kind of stuff. And I got to have my ego filled and, um, yeah, but I was still masking that pain. You know, I was using drugs, alcohol, women to mask that. And yeah, I ended up moving down a path where I was doing like debt collection standover work for the guy that was giving me my coat cause I couldn't afford it. And then I got into dealing and I was dealing drugs. Uh, I was dealing cocaine and that went like real fast down to a point where I was dealing a lot. Um, I ended up nearly going to jail. I was facing a year and a half behind bars and, um, been shot at and, you know, like really, really a rough time so in my life. What was the, the tenor on point? Uh, getting arrested on New Year's Eve and having to call my parents from a jail cell at like quarter to four in the morning, um, on January 1st, 2013. And that was the real wake up call for me. And it was also like, it was a lifesaver because I was working on a big deal where we were going to be like shipping and distributing stuff. Um, and the four other guys that I was involved with, two of them are dead. One is in prison for a heap of different things. Another guy's like an enigma, but he's wanted by Interpol, wanted by Australian federal police uh, on a bunch of charges. I'm the only one that's, you know, living my life kind of thing, you know, right. apart from the guy on the run, but you know, that's what he's doing. Um, and yeah, I had to, you know, pay my penance for a lot of that stuff. You know, I got a criminal record. I um, just avoided time behind bars, but um, yeah, I had to make amends with a lot of people. There's a lot of pain, a lot of pain I inflicted on people that I wasn't dealing with, you know? Um, and yeah, that, that um, the next year and a bit from there, like 13 months, I was in and out of court cases. My life was in limbo, all this sort of stuff. And then um, I remember facing court, having to say goodbye to my, parents before I walked in because if you get sentenced you can't touch you're taken away it'll be weeks before I could see them and um saying goodbye to them and holding my mum with like she just fell apart in my arms and I was just holding her up and she was sobbing hysterically and now as a parent like now as a dad I can feel in a whole new way but even then I could feel how much I had violated her basic just instincts as a parent um, to be able to protect and nurture and keep me away from pain. And I, my actions had massively impacted that. And I saw, um, my current stepfather, um, you know, he was falling apart and just like, before I walked in there, I just said to myself, no matter what happens in here, I will spend the rest of my life proving to people that your past means fuck all to what you create in the future. And 
it's kind of been the undertone without even being consciously aware of it to everything that I've done since then. And that was uh, just five and a half years ago mm-hmm. and had 18 months on parole. Uh, couldn't leave the state, couldn't leave the country without permission. I was a person looking at me, pissing a cup every week, staring at my dick, you know, <laughs> like that was my reality. I couldn't hold down a job. I'm doing that at two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon and 1130 on a Thursday, the next week, you just, it was a really challenging time in my life, but that's where I found, I guess, entrepreneurship. I think I did my like illegal apprenticeship of entrepreneurship and stuff with dealing, but that's where I found network marketing at the time. And that was my foray into entrepreneurship. And I was like, oh, this is like the legal version of what I was doing, <laughs> like moving product through an organization that like I'd set up. Um, and yeah, I sucked at that miserably for a, a year, you know, learning my trade, falling over, like um, struggling, but I fell in love with the personal development aspect. And that's where I touched on this later. Oh. Start straight away with the Freedom Collective or different? No, no, this, this was 2014. So this was five years ago. This was right after I got out of like the court case and stuff. Um, and because I gave a criminal record, I, I couldn't, I was in real estate at the time. I lost my sales license, you know, all those things. So um, yeah, I found this and I found a group of people and that were just positive and inspiring and supporting me. And I found personal development and very much approached that from that place. I said at the start of the call, like trying to get away from a part of myself. And, um, you know, then I went and studied NLP and became an NLP practitioner and a whole bunch of other modalities and different things. And I fell in love with the coaching aspect and supporting people in that industry. And um, I ended up stepping out of that, building a coaching business. I've launched other network marketing companies and things since then, but I very much moved into the personal development, um, coaching with people. And then, yeah, just went down a pathway where I loved what I did. But again, was I built another identity to get away from the previous and very soon I got to face the edge of my identity of coach and and how I had built that up online and and who I was meant to be as opposed to who I was and um again that sort of came did you feel you were showing an an image that was kind of sometimes like oh the perfect guy or super healthy guy and that wasn't authentic yeah I think it was I was showing the image that I thought I had to be to be the successful coach Okay. And I wasn't showing the full extent of me and I would hide away when that part of me didn't feel present. Mm. And um, It's interesting yeah. that I feel now in this domain on social media, I guess you agree, authenticity is winning, right? Mm. Yes, and there's a lot of fake authenticity mm. um, that a lot of people use. And I, I have a like... To get, to get attention. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've lived it. I, I like, I've been the master manipulator. I've been the narcissist. I've been the dominator. I've been the aggressor. Like I've played all these roles in my life. So that's actually what had me end up being quite successful in coaching is like, I could lay down with the dogs, you know, I could lay down with the fleas. Like I'd been there on the streets and I ended up working with a lot of people that had been in high crime, high trauma, like rape, abuse backgrounds, helping them shift out of that and heal and, and release some patterns because I'd been there as opposed to, you know, the, the shiny shrink, like, you know, answer all the questions here and, and couldn't relate. So I see that online now. It's like, I've got a strong scent for when someone's bullshitting or when they're real. And there's a lot of staged realness that's bullshit, which is what I was doing. But now it's like evolved to people using the right words, like authentic and radical self-responsibility and alignment and like, you know, divine mission and all these other words, but it's still the same shit. It's still someone's ego or spiritual ego has been built to keep them safe. or keep the world away from the part of them. They don't have peace with yet. Mm. Um, not to knock, there are people that are doing that and living that life and they still make an impact. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like that person's drinking their own poison. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it a bit in the, yeah, it's true about the vulnerability, like people who, who make it a part of their identity and get attention through, through doing it. Yeah. And so to go back then to the, to the business on earth or through um, the freedom collective, you, you're doing really well now. Um, have a, uh, you're the leader of a, of a big team doing training and uh, a great, a great coach for that whole community what would you say is the best quality of a business owner, especially, especially online business and 
uh, where, you know, working with other people, but more as a solopreneur? I think it's hard to put it down to just one. Um, I oh, think there's key, there's key aspects of leadership that are incredibly relevant for each area of say a business or someone's growth. So like for me, leadership, for example, isn't a title or isn't a dollar figure or things like that. Like a real leader for me is one who leads themselves in their own life. So are they doing that for themselves in their own way? Are they holding themselves to their own accountability in that? Like for me right now, I'm in a time where like every time before we see an expansion in our business or finances or, you know, whatever, like in our life, there's always a squeeze. There's like the squeeze that expands into something else. And we're in that now I've watched like finances tighten up in certain areas that I like didn't plan on or see. I was like, Whoa. And then other things and tightness in our relationship and stuff. So for me right now, I'm in a squeeze moment. I'm not in a space where I feel super like this is amazing and you should see all this stuff too. It, it's, it's a challenge, but I, I know that this portion of that or this experience I'm having is that like set up for the next thing. And for me, vulnerability is as much a, a key thing for a business owner um, or someone who's in a leadership role in a company or in anything that they do is like that vulnerability that they also have like, a servant orientation where they're like willing to lead they're willing to address the problems and take full responsibility for their business and what's going on um resilience is another quality i think that is so key because on days like today you know when i with everything going on in my life today and my son being sick and not sleeping well and all this other stuff and challenging my relationship challenging the business the last fucking thing i wanted to do was do a podcast like i feel the least inspiring of how i feel you know but instead of getting on here and trying to bullshit or fluff it up, it's like, it's more powerful to be real. And for me, the power is in the resilience. Like, am I willing to still show up and be committed to my word, no matter how I'm feeling? Um, so yeah, for me, vulnerability, for me, urban orientation, resilience is key. And not humility, but I think coachability, like a willingness to own that we know shit all like we know virtually nothing um like you know what you know but there's a lot that you don't know so always be willing to to learn and grow and adapt and um yeah be open to that like they're really key qualities for me that i think i really value that i aim to to embody mm. and also very clear where where and when i don't and i think those are really key qualities that i see in leadership and then our last one I think on like a higher level leadership is the ability to remove your emotional attachments and your emotional self from decisions sometimes. So sometimes in business, whether it's hiring, firing, it's um, making decisions on behalf of say a collective or a group or your organization that you have to be able to make decisions on the better of all, even when sometimes that may not be the best possible decision for you if you believe it's best for your company or your movement or your organization whatever label you want to apply the ability to remove your emotional bias and be able to weigh out all sort of scenarios and be able to make the best possible decision i think that's a really high quality and high level of leadership mm. um decision making and that can be quite challenging especially when you're um say you're like a solopreneur or you're running a small business it's like sometimes it's it's like anything it's like you've got to lead you and do you in your own life and same like you know fill your own cup up first but then there are also some unique experiences where sometimes you've got to make a decision that doesn't feel the best but you know it's the better of all mm. so yeah, yeah there's a few yeah th this one's interesting also when you do network marketing so you um like you enroll people and Attachment is interesting because sometimes I know I've, I've joined like less than two months ago and sometimes I know people that would smash it or I'd love to, would love to work together. I think it'd be perfect. And then I become attached and, and I can see how you, you push your own beliefs and your own vision on other people, you know, and that's, um, that's not really respecting their um, trusting that they know what's good for them. Yeah. I think you, as a leader, you have to be able to discern like 
when people want it and when they don't and to mm. not want things like you can't want something more than want something for someone more than they want it for themselves. Yeah. And you have to be able to know when to be able to step back out of that and step away from that yeah. and release that attachment when you can feel that person yeah. isn't wanting it as much as you do. And that's why we were referring to personal growth in everyday life is because this is going to be true for everything, regardless of if the fact that most people don't realize it, but often we enter relationships projecting what we want of the other person rather than looking them for who they are. Or like, even if you, you know, if you want someone in your family to meditate and you push it too much, that's going to be counterproductive. So I can, yeah, you, you can provide the options, but yeah, you can't convince someone to do it. Yeah. It's the same thing too. Like I'm a massive advocate for Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Yes. Um, and what Love he's it. done in mind and just the way in which he, you know, in a realm of meditation and how powerful that is, there's a lot of sort of woo woo spiritual connotations that people just, you know, brush it off with and don't understand the science behind it. And so what I love with him is like, he's actually such a, an eloquent way of breaking down the science and the data and stuff mm. with meditation that then opens it up to a, to a much larger portion of people um, than probably would approach those things. So he's someone that has done a lot in my life practicing his work, but I'm a massive advocate for him. And then still I talk to hundreds of people about him. There's not hundreds of people that, take action in that area yeah. it's you know when people are ready they'll always step in mm. i can uh, back that up i'm listening at the moment to becoming supernatural that's his most recent book it's really amazing and through the freedom collective i've changed my meditation practice it used to be vedic meditation that i loved but uh trying having i've been doing joe dispenza's meditation the box meditation for almost two months now and I feel like going in the quantum field and coming back in a different box has accelerated my personal growth journey. So thanks. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm about to upload something else into our group. Um, one of his latest meditations. And yeah, it's, it's a different one. Like the Vedic or the you know, TM was the brand name of it now, but that is, yeah, just a different experience. It's really powerful and like drops you in like an anchor and can drop you into that, that deeper state of rest. But, this one of actually understanding what's happening and starting to, it's almost like lucid dreaming. Like once you realize you're in that space of what you can experience in that space, it's like you have free, free control as opposed to, you know, just a total nothingness space. It's just a different blend. But um, yeah, like for example, that that's been so powerful in the journey of entrepreneurship too. Like the ability to connect not just with yourself, but beyond yourself and step out of mm. this reality of life, business, whatever is incredible that's why there's also such a huge pull towards plant medicine now you know like yeah. it's not just that it's incredible it's there's a uh like a, a social trend to it now it's kind of become cool you know entrepreneurship came cool like five <laughs> years ago it's like well the next thing and um you're talking again, to you're talking to someone that did a podcast about it two weeks ago so i'm definitely in that trend of being cool through plant medicine <laughs> yeah but like I, I like, I love it, man. Like I've sat with ayahuasca, I've sat with mushrooms, like I um, microdose with mushrooms. Like I, I think it's incredibly powerful as a tool and, and what's there. Um, but like anything, you know, it's yeah. there, you can overconsume on anything and you can, um, yeah, I, I just think like that sort of stuff is what the modern day entrepreneur is quite often seeking as well. It's like the capacity to step out of the present day reality mm. that we've built and we're living inside of that. That's so key for growth is can you surrender? Can you disconnect from deadlines yeah. and numbers yeah. and income and shit like that to just chill the fuck out for a bit? Um, Especially for an entrepreneur, because you can be like working on Sundays, being 24 seven on, on your emails, at least when you're an employee, it's more like when you leave the office, it's less in your head. Well, when you're quite passionate about it, it's really important, I feel, to have these rules to disconnect. Mm. Totally. If, if you struggle with boundaries or you struggle with that element of your life of giving to yourself or time to disconnect, and it's not a, a natural thing for you that you're like, yep, cannot wait. And it's hard to let go. Absolutely. Mm. Like scheduling time, making commitments, picking a day, picking an afternoon, whatever, that's going to have you do that. Yeah. Lock your shit away in drawers, like, you know, mm. or give it to your housemate. Say, don't give this back to me until seven. <laughs> um, you know, whatever you need to do, that is, is key. Yeah. Have you done Vipassana? 
No. So yeah, for the listeners, Vipassana is a 10-day silent retreat meditation. I discovered it through Tim Ferriss though, and I find that it's actually a good entrepreneurial tool to like reset and, and get away a bit and come back fresh. Yeah, what's and you disconnect man, completely from anything for 10 days, which is which is good. Yeah, like I, I've not sat in it. Um, but it's just it's anything like that. It's like if you can retreat from your life yeah. for a period of time and face the the dull noise and the subtle flow that sits behind this life, mm -hmm. you, you learn and face a lot. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of stuff that is, is trying to come through, but we live in a world that we have created that is so noisy and we start to use the noise to avoid the silence. But in the silence is your greatest truths, your um, toughest smack in the mouth. <laughs> like it, it's <laughs> all there for you, your lessons and things that you want. And it's a great ask nowadays to, to ask people to retreat from their life for a week, 10 days, what, what, you know, whatever it is. It's like fasting, you know. Can you retreat from the, the emotional experience of consuming food for a period of time, you know, instead of just, you know, eating eight hours a day and 16 off? Like, can you fast for a week, two weeks, a month? Mm -hmm. You know, what happens to those things? Anything that you can do to alter the routine just the autonomic unconscious way you're living is so powerful because it's just new energy it's new ideas it shifts things up and it builds a different experience that you have with the, the unknown you know mm. that's interesting actually the podcast just before you were two brothers who fasted for 40 days do you fast uh i have i haven't fasted for that i've done like a couple weeks juice fast or intermittent fast um but i'm just about to yeah, I've been looking at a 40-day, a 2020 wow. fast as well. Um, I think I know the guys that you're talking about. They're on Instagram. Is like fasting the healer within. Fast the healer within. That's it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I know something like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I've been feeling called to that as well, and it's like it's a monumental challenge. Um, and I think that's healthy too, in, especially when we go back to business and entrepreneurship. It's healthy to that like seek come build a different relationship with it mm. you know seek the unknown seek those challenges um that yeah they it's not so much what you achieve it's like who you get to experience yourself as in the process mm. that's where the greatest magic is where you where you find your limits where you find your i can't do this anymore that's where the magic is you know i watched my fiance give birth to our son I was in the room and like dozens and dozens of times she got to that upper limit of pain that she thought she couldn't tolerate anymore. And the greatest uniqueness with birth is like, this guy is coming out. <laughs> like it's here, he's here now. He's coming out. There's no like, Oh, I just like, it's in a day. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the spa for a day. Or I'm going to just see some friends for a day. Like there's no way to check out. There's no way to back out. There's just, I am here and I am in, there's no other option. And I watched my fiance hit that upper limit where she like looked at me and was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't, I can't. Mm. And she chose like drug free, nothing. So felt everything. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to need thing. I'm going to need this. And I'm like, babe, like the decision you made before you in this heightened state, like that's all we're It's mm. like, you got this and watching someone meet that over and over and over again and go higher than what they thought they could do. And it's like, I can't do this anymore. This is it. And like, it's just you see the real power of what's available to us when we create an environment that no back door is tolerated. Nice. She's a, a warrior. You can send her my congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, she's a, yeah, she's a queen. That I'll probably never get to experience for sure. But <laughs> and, I don't want to. <laughs> another one I like to do in the same style is uh, cold water in the morning. Mm, pushing yourself. Totally. And to go back, so you talked about full responsibility. And since I've joined this collective, there's something that I really like, which is how I get at the same time a lot of support. And when I feel I'm a bit in a victim mode or I like, it's not about babysitting either. You know, it's like supporting, but like you have to be, to take responsibility. So having that middle ground between, and I actually really like the structure because then you have people that are kind of business partners, but you're not that you're quite independent too. 
So about full responsibility, it makes me think of, um, have you read Ray Dalio? Yeah, um, principles. Yeah, he has a concept I really like called tough love. And, and you can apply it to business. Like you really want other people to succeed, but because you want them to succeed, you're not going to do everything for them and you're not going to answer the stupid questions when they can Google it and things like this. So do, do you want to elaborate on this, on having that balance as a leader between helping out, supporting, and empowering through letting people be responsible? Yeah, I think, I think there's a big difference between a hand up and a hand out. And a lot of people are looking for a hand out because a hand up is still effort. Um, but really, they want a hand up. They really want to be able to do it themselves. They want to learn things. They want to do that. Um, but in those times where it's challenging, we're just like, oh, please just take it away. You know, like, please, can you answer this for me or you do this for me? And it's like, if I just never let my son fall over or try to crawl or all these other things, or like if I didn't let him experience things that he needs to, to be able to start to learn how to crawl, to learn to walk, to eat solids and things like that, then I'm preventing him from doing that. Even though I'm doing it for him and it feels so good to give to him and he loves me because I give him everything he needs. I'm not really building a healthy individual here. I'm building a codependent relationship that over a period of time becomes wearing on myself and wearing on my son. And the same thing is in business, in, in romantic relationships, in friendships. It's like, it's so important, especially in business. I feel if I'm like playing like a mentor role, it's like, am I showing up and supporting you and holding you to a standard that I know is required for you to experience what you say you want to experience? You know, I'm, I'm more than happy to be the dick that you're like, just fucking answer my question. Like it always tells me to go watch training or go look here or asks me a question, tells me to Google it. It's like, I know I could Google it, but I asking you, like, I'm more than happy to be the dick in someone's head um, because I didn't do it the way they wanted so that they learn it because every time in six months, 12 months, whatever the conversation arises, like, Hey, you know, 12 months ago when I told you to fuck off and I blocked you on Facebook, like I really got so much from that over the next year and things that happened for me. So I'm really glad you did that. <laughs> and like that for me is, that's a great quality of leadership because it's easy to do something for someone quite often. It's a saving of my time to just answer someone's question as opposed to like, have you looked here when I know they haven't looked here? You know, mm. what did you find? Have you Googled it? Like I'm asking questions to be polite or not polite, but to be, I guess, gentle in my delivery as opposed to like, go watch the training instead of asking me. Mm. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like yeah. that, is what is required to build an organization. It's, it's, are you empowering people to find their own, their own confidence, their own experiences. Mm. They have that independence that have that self reliability and that self confidence that as they grow, they can shift. And it's whether you have a company where you have employees or you have a company like we do, where we have a lot of like business partners and brand people yeah. that we mentor, like our business is built off mentoring other business owners mm helping them grow their business, their skill sets, their mindset, those things. It's the same thing. It's like a lot of things, business owners with employees just like tell them what to do, how to do it, but it doesn't build a culture. It doesn't build a company. It doesn't build an organization of people that are reliable and self and that bring their own creativity through. They're always looking for approval, looking for someone else. Mm. And that's the biggest shift I see between employee and entrepreneur or a business owner yeah. is like that shift of waiting for someone else to give you permission, looking yeah. for someone else to tell you what to do and believing that like I'm here to create my own business. I'm here to yeah. create my own ideas and visions and implementing that, being willing to do that and make mistakes. Whereas in a job, you're like, don't make mistakes because you're going to get mm. disciplined. <laughs> yeah. And just to explain, because I think most of the listeners wouldn't really know what network marketing is actually is um, it's an interesting model where you, you, you recruit people who are also then in charge of their own business, but you're vested in their success. So you want them to do well because um, financially you also personally do well if they do well. But it's that relationship where you're vested in them, but you're not dependent on them. So if you recruit someone, you really want them to do well. But that being said, if, if they don't do the work or they don't show up, you're not stuck. You can still go on, on your business. And I find that it's a, 
really healthy relationship or when you're an employee, usually you lack a bit, um, let's say, the, the responsibility, I find. And, and when you're in a traditional business partnership, you're, um, you're, you can be stuck with the people you, you recruit or if you're a solo preneur, that's quite lonely. So it's a mix where yeah, you recruit people, you're vested in their interest, but everyone's still independent. Yeah, I think um, the industry network marketing has a really bad rap because there's a lot of a lot of outdated ways of building a, a business or organization through that industry. Actually, I, of, yeah, I, I had quite a, a bad image of it even like four or five months ago. Yeah, you know, and then, like, bugging your friends and pyramid schemes and all these things. And there's. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people in that industry that don't operate with a lot of integrity and do that. And there's a lot of companies that put on a beautiful front image, but in the back end, they're awful, man. They're so cut and dry and they just screw over distributors and things like that. So for me, like I love what we do where like one of the things we do is like affiliate with a, a company that is a, direct, a network marketing direct sales company. We affiliate with their products and we love it, but it's like more about teaching people the skill sets of like how to market, how to digitally mm. build online, how to create influence, how to do these things, because that's the most empowering thing. Cause then like, you know, we affiliate for products that are not in network marketing companies, you know, products that we align with things like that. We monetize that. We drive traffic to that. We, um, essentially I provide people with the education, different platforms, the same with you that, yeah, they can skill themselves up and learn how to fundamentally create finances, positioning themselves online to set themselves up. You know, we can go down a tangent here, but one thing that I see with traditional business owners and just the current society is that a lot of people, we had a, a, a national election here in Australia earlier this year. And one party was saying one thing, others are saying like raise the minimum wage and other ones are doing different tax agreements. And uh, you know, my mates are like small business owners own franchise and they're like, shit, man, if they get into government, that's going to fuck us. Like we can't afford to raise the, the minimum wage this way or these things. And a lot of people are lost in the game of politics. I think one side or the will create change shift and don't see beyond that bubble that, the people that are behind politics, the the conglomerates, the people that are you know running most central banks around the world, all of this sort of stuff, they have an invested interest in there being a two party thing, and that one versus the other, and this stuff, it's it's just a Broadway show, man, that people are buying tickets to and watching every night, and that no real decisions ever get made, no real decisions ever really change, it always sort of remains the same, and that we're not going to, as a business owner, we're not really going to create change in the current model. And what I see the most power, powerful thing that people can do is that unfortunately the way we are right now, your apples, your Facebooks, your Googles or YouTube's part of Google, like your huge conglomerates, your huge data owners in the world, they are massive, like beyond massive. Um, beyond like fathom, like if they're in like a country GDP for what they do, they're one of the biggest countries in the world. And so there's never going to be companies that just compete with them. They're so big now that they'll buy up, eat up or destroy any competition. Mm. So now the real shift that occurs is over the next couple of decades, like the minimum wage is going to get increased and these sort of things. And people think that that's great for the everyday person, but it's not, it's great for the conglomerates. It's great for the huge companies because they can spread that. You put a 4% increase on wages that screws, you know, Kevin's bottle store down on the corner mm. because he's only making four grand profit a month on top of his employees. Whereas Amazon can spread that 4% increase across their <laughs> products and things like that. And it's fine, but now they eat up all the local stores mm. and Amazon steps in. So this is where people need to like wise up. And the, unless you are like 20, only 20 franchises, a small business owner, or you're building a really unique style business that's highly sought after <coughs> shifting into the digital space, understanding these yeah. skill sets of digital marketing, traffic, copywriting, um, essentially affiliate marketing, like that's what's going to support people to position themselves financially. 
because there's a lot of small business owners are going to shop they're going to go away a lot of jobs are going to go away because of technology and the advancements in robotics and ai so over the next 10 years there's going to be a huge shift so if you can partner yourself with the big conglomerates like facebook like google like amazon Mm -hmm. you can partner with the massive conglomerates that are huge distributors of product and you can understand the value of being able to to position yourself to create a following, create attention, create a brand. And then with the influence of that brand, drive traffic to products, brands, businesses, things like that. That's how you monetize yourself and you get in front of the wave that is going to come and that you don't end up being the last guy getting smacked over the head with the anchor as it drags past you. As so many small business owners shut down, so many jobs get replaced and automated. And that it's quite a dark thing to talk about but it, it's real and it's happening and you're not going to change policies and politics because most societies are so built into this two party verse system in politics, even though we all go, Oh, this is so shit. This is so stupid. I don't even want to vote for whoever's like, they're all shit. Like most people are in that space as a society. We're not all going to rise up and challenge a new system and do that because we're so watching the show. We're so invested in it, we can't see another option. So the reality is that the conglomerates are going to get bigger. They are going to have more of a monopoly. They are going to do these things. And it's like, well, do you want to keep fighting it and beating at the the door, even though they don't care, they don't listen? Or do you want to get, actually get in front mm-hmm. of it, position yourself, benefit off it, and then from a place of higher influence, higher capacity to invest and spend, create a change? I, uh, what we do, I want to see thousands of people that I'm connected with making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, millions of dollars a year that have influence that are, have potential that they have wealth and they have influence like attention that we can do shit with. Yeah. We can invest, we can buy things, we can make a difference as opposed to, you know, everyone sitting at the dinner table complaining about politics and mm-hmm. not earning enough and we need more yeah. holidays and all that bullshit. So that's where I see the value in what we do. It's like okay. learning these skills to do that, whether you want to take that to network marketing, whether you want to monetize yourself to, get contracts with other small business owners in your area to help them create more leads, more sales, or you want to build that for your own business, you know, like whatever it is, it's so, so powerful. And it's, you either wake up and you see that or Mm. you're going to get a a reality check that most people are used to, which is we, we take serious action from crisis. We wait for Mm. crisis to wait to get cancer. We wait to get fired. We wait to break our leg. And then we take action as opposed to taking preventative. We take the cure point. That's super interesting. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but I was listening to a podcast with Joe Rogan with um, Naval Ravikant and he was talking about how great podcast, by the way. And he was talking about how, um, who the question was, who are the most, uh, the most influential, the most powerful people according to you. And he thought he said, well, probably the people who do the algorithms of, Facebook and, and Google. Um, but anyway, different conversation. But what you talked about also about um, working with Facebook, working with Amazon, that's something that really struck with me because the, one of the reasons I started also two months ago was before I was having my uh, coaching business and I was trying to do everything alone. And I think it's a natural way to graduate at some point from being independent to become more interdependent and understanding that the the true wealth is in working with others, leveraging others, being a better leader by accepting to be coachable also and to learn from them. So, so for me, it was really like, like keeping, like being more of a leader and very keeping staying very independent while linking my success to other people you know like a cliche one plus one equals uh 10 so uh, i think that's a really really good point yeah it's i think a lot of people don't get it that's that's the biggest thing and and that's where i feel responsible in what we do as a business is like we are really just bridge builders like there's a lot of people that are not really living life in the way they desire a lot of people just kind of accepting and going through the motions a lot of people existing not a lot of people living but deep down once people get past that like they've just accepted life if you go back to it there are dreams and desires and aspirations and people would love to be able to create an income themselves mm. that they generate yeah. that's not location dependent so not in an office or whatever they can work from home plane travel whatever suits them 
and that they control their time and they have an abundance of income that enables them to do what they desire. That's really what people want. And for most people, that's about 10x what they're currently earning. So, you know, someone's only 60 grand, the 600 grand a year would be the thing that would allow them to do everything and have everything they want with their current desire, their current mm-hmm. imagination. That would obviously expand and extrapolate as the income comes through. <laughs> but like, that's, that's, that's the reality. That's the facts. And a lot of people just don't think it's possible or don't get it. They don't get how powerful the online space is and what's yeah. actually there. Or they see a lot of people being fake as shit online or scamming or doing bullshit or that everyone's been burned or scammed some way. Like that's people's narrative they've created to keep themselves safe, right? Safe from going into the unknown, Mm. exploring it, whatever, or safe from um, exploring the reality that they're choosing to live a life that they could be doing more and experiencing more, but they're not. So it's easy to say, oh, it's just scams and bullshit online. So they don't Mm. have to face the reality they're choosing this. So, there's a lot of that stuff, but what I feel responsible with and what I take great pride in is being a great bridge builder. It's like, can I relate to people? Can I like, can I be someone online or the content that I put out that people are like, man, this dude gets me. Like, instead of just spinning all this shit, I'm like, man, like I really relate to this guy. Mm. Like he gets me, he gets what I'm going through. He's been there so that the people actually are willing to listen. So I have someone's attention. And then when I have that attention, can I cleanly and clearly articulate the power of the digital space? Can I provide them with value and resources that are going to support them to become greater and more educated and greater skills in that space so that they can monetize themselves in the way that they desire most way that aligns with them. That's where I take responsibility in our business. That's where I feel Mm -hmm. like greatest business growth is. And that's why we, you know, we've partnered up with platforms that are like the most phenomenal educational platform on the planet for digital marketing fundamentals, how to get eyeballs on offer, how to find offers, like how to do all that shit. And and in the digital marketing or affiliate marketing space, like that's the greatest shift and the greatest opportunity that I feel is right here, right now for people is that is learning those skill sets, partnering with offers that you actually align with and that you can see and learning how to drive and scale that. Because people think that like, that's not even a business. I know people that just find a product that they drop ship, they set up a funnel, they run it, great ads, the great metrics, and they make like 200, 60k off just funnel. That's not a business. Like they don't have a business built off that. It's not in the back end, but they just did that as a cash cow as part of their business. And they Mm. take that and invest into something else in their business. Like it's, it's so possible for so many people. But I think a lot of people sit in fear or doubt. And that's where like we get to show up and make more of a difference to people as, mm. as people that are implementing that. How can I more effectively educate and empower people to back themselves, to step in and trust themselves, take action and, and own their skill set, like own their skills, put in their work and grow and learn that, but monetize themselves whilst they're learning it. Mm. And I, actually that's um, a good segue for, do you think it's um, that anyone can do that? For sure, man. Like none of us could talk. None of us could walk. Like we all came here and we're just a little meat sack, like falling around, couldn't get our hands to work. And somehow all of us are walking now. We're talking. We can have conversation. We can do one plus one, you know, like it's all skill sets. Like anything that we do now or think now is learned everything. Gross mindset. Yeah. It's like, you can learn anything, whether you're like, I'm working with someone now, I directly mentor who's in her sixties doing and learning this. That's, that's what I love about this initiative. I see like stay, like stay at home moms that have never touched a Facebook ads being really good because they just follow the training. And actually that makes me think of one of my um, very good friend. He's, he's selling AI online courses on Udemy. I think he's, one of the most sold in the world, he's smashing it. And he asked him, do you think anyone can work on AI? I was like, yeah, it's just about learning, um, learning. And people don't realize because to them it's like something, uh, you have to be a wizard or something, but like probably, you know, probably 60 years ago when people were mainly working in factories or farms, like you would ask, oh, can anyone study and work in an office? People would be like, oh no, it's just for, for some people. So I think, I think, I definitely follow you on this. Yeah, 
like I said, man, there's no one that can't learn this stuff. Like if you've been a tradie and you work with your hands and you've, you don't even like have a smartphone, like you can learn all this stuff. It's, it's mm. just learning and implementing. Like it's so, so simple to do if you adopt that mindset, like I'm going to learn yeah. this, I'm going to implement yeah. and And support is key. Like why our thing is so powerful is like having that tribe of people around you that are doing the same shit mm. in your own industries, your own areas, your own markets, things like that. But actually having a mastermind in a group where people can answer questions because yeah. they've been doing it six months longer than you. Like that's so powerful. And that's why I'm seeing so many results come out of our space is that people aren't doing it alone. And that's the scariest shit in business. Like yeah. to be a solopreneur and to do it you know, buy yourself and figure it all out. And then you're buying this $5,000 program and this thing over here and this $20,000 mastermind and like all this shit invested when it's like, you haven't even got the sales happening yet. You haven't even learned mm. how to do that. And I think people just don't get how simple it can be. Yeah. It can be difficult to set up all by yourself, yeah. but like they give an example with numbers. Like, let's say you sell a product that's your own or you make a commission on a product that's a thousand dollars right? And you learn the skill sets to write good content online or make a cool little video. And you learn the power of Facebook advertising and how to run traffic, essentially run attention past that offer. But instead of just selling it directly, maybe you give value to your audience first. You create mm -hmm. some kind of downloadable PDF or video series or whatever that you yeah. offer them in exchange for their email or exchange for that. Mm -hmm. And then you have an, uh, a webinar or an automated thing mm -hmm. set up that then presents and yeah. educates people on your offer that you're not having to do to everyone. Right. Mm. So like you have these things set up and at the end of that webinar or that offer, they have the opportunity to buy that. And if they yeah. don't, they fall into a series of say automatic emails that you've got up that continue yeah. the conversation, they continue the education and they give them opportunities to do that. And let's say you had shitty conversions of like 10%, of at each stage of people move on to the next one. So let's say you had people that would download your free thing. Uh, 10% of people that saw your free thing would download it. And then 10% of people that downloaded that thing would register for this webinar or whatever that yeah. that taught them video series. And then 10% of people that saw that would actually buy your product and make a commission. So essentially one in every thousand mm. that seek the offer actually buy, which is really shit conversions. Yeah. But let's say you learn the skill set to drive traffic past that in an effective way. You understand your market. You understand who you're talking to. You have a product that gives them value, that helps them, that is an answer to their solution and is priced at a point that is less valuable than the value they get for this solution being solved. Mm. And your content and things that you give to people actually helps them and teaches them and shows them how this does that. And that the free thing you give to them or the value you give to them is something they can take away and implement right now without having to buy this thing. But obviously if they bought this thing, they would get a lot more than just doing it all by themselves. Like that's all digital marketing mm. is on a simple basis. And okay. let's give a number. Let's say you put a hundred thousand views past that initial offer, that initial download or PDF or whatever that equals a hundred sales on those shitty, shitty conversions. And we say that a thousand dollars was the sale point or the commission. There's a hundred thousand mm. dollars. And if you've put a hundred thousand views past it, I guarantee you, you're not <laughs> spending a hundred thousand dollars to get a hundred thousand views. It's remarkably less. Yeah. Even if it was $10,000 you're spending to get a hundred thousand views, which is a shit ton. And it's not the case. <laughs> you're still making 90 grand profit. And like, that's the power of, of, yeah. of these skill sets of learning these things and implementing it. And that's what I think a lot of people lack the understanding of, or they just see shit. They see the offer, they see the marketing online yeah, and don't get like what's behind it. When you get what's behind it, then you can build your own stuff. But that's why I'm so happy to have found like probably the best product to do that and to train because it can get overwhelming when you do it on your own. And I've been there, like I've, uh, both the perfect webinar uh, program and then trying to set up my own webinars. But I was doing this for low ticket items. And, you know, there were so many variables in it that I was getting overwhelmed and lost. And that's why, um, yeah, I find it really good to have found something that, that works where, where 
like I can focus on, on a specific area than trying to, um, you know, trying to learn to fish, but at the same time, trying to build the boat and, uh, and doing other things at the same time, which makes it really hard to learn. While here you reduce the number of variables. And the other thing you talked about is definitely support. People vested in your support while keeping my full responsibility. I'm happy that people uh, creating these things that make everything easy for me and accountability. Like last week uh, I was uh, watching this call where, where it was like, I was like, shit, I'm not doing like that chick was talking about, like, I'm not doing what I signed up for. I wanted to do Facebook ads and now I'm posting on Facebook, my life and the things that's not what I signed up for. I was like, shit, that's exactly me. And the day after like, boom, I started my ads and I'm starting to get quite a lot of leads, but sometimes really good and i consider myself as someone very self-motivated compared to the average but even like i need like it really helps me to have this accountability so so that's um accountability is a really good one too and i'll have a last question on the mindset which is i um something that worked on me since i joined too is how how much um, things are self-fulfilling prophecies. Like if you think you can, it happens. If you think you can't, it happens too. And and uh, things are going to prove you right, whatever you choose. And it made me reflect on what I think I'm good enough for because I can see sometimes when I'm going to recruit someone, maybe I'm going to self-sabotage because I think I'm not good enough to be a leader for them or there's something um, about me that thinks I'm not worthy of... Um, of receiving the money too, because that can be high levels of money. So it can tie up also to money mindset, but how, um, yeah, how do you think this business works on the, the worthiness or the feeling of, of being good enough? Yeah, I mean, I think relationships, kids and business are like the greatest personal development in the world um, because it's shit you can't hide out from. Like if you hide out from your business, your business falls over. You hide out from your relationship, your relationship falls over. You hide out from your kids, you're going to hear about it. Like there is no escape where it's like where everything else in life you can. You can hide out. You can do that. You can call and stick to your work. Like for me, it's it's the greatest self-realization, the greatest mirror to look at in your life all the time. And, and quite often you will see yourself um, or what's going on for you directly reflected in your business, mm. you know? if things aren't flowing in the relationship area, they might not start flowing in the business area. And so I think um, any business, especially there is a strong, we do put strong emphasis on embodiment and mindset and really reflecting on yourself and looking at what's there for you. Um, I think it, it just dials that up, dials the intensity up and the heat up a little bit more in that mm-hmm. because again, also not only are we recommending it and implementing it, but, again you're exposed you're in a culture or a community where you're exposed to seeing it and you're seeing other people do it and create results and stuff you're like shit i really need to do that i really need to start implementing that because that's one two three seven ten people now that are implementing these things and talking about the results they've had so Mm. um i think it just it makes it more vivid more intense more real and there's just a greater sense of accountability and and like awareness of these things you can't really sort of hide and avoid it yeah. And again, that's, that's why I think having done date with destiny, having done uh, quite a few things, I, I think that's, that's honestly hands down the, the best personal growth uh, experience I've done. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a last question that I ask to my guest, which is what is the impact you want to have in the world? Um. I guess man, my impact with the world starts in my home. Like it, it's not really worth shit to what I do in the world. If at the end of my time here on my deathbed, that there's no one standing around it or those that I love most and those that I spend the most time with, aren't there with a smile on their face, you know, aren't rejoicing on my life. They're talking about what I, what they missed and, you know, those sort of things. So for me that the worldwide impact or the, global impact all these other things that feel great for our ego and that sound great um that for me is built off what we do in our home so my my global impact man is really like what sort of father am i what sort of um you know partner am i um 
that for me is my global impact. And then beyond that, like the vision I have for my family and for the, for the world is like, I really want to in, empower people or be the, an example of someone living their truth, like living their life um, and experiencing deep personal freedom in every sense of that word. That's what mm. matters to me. That's what I'm inspired by is people being free, not just financially, but personally in relationships in their health and their sexuality, like feeling real freedom in who they are. And it's something I see in you, bro. Like, um, there is a confidence in you and a willingness in you to pursue or look at anything. It's not a lot of, no doubt we all have our doubts and things like that, but there's just a willingness to take action, to try things and do that. Like that's the way I want to see people living. Cause a lot of people live in a shell, live in doubt, live in fear. And um, if, if I can have an impact on that and see a more empowered society a more empowered culture, um, that for me is, is great joy. And I have other things like, creative visions like i believe the creators like the musicians the filmmakers the photographers all of those creative expressions have the greatest capacity to create change in this world so mm. um that's why you know we founded the creative prosperity movement like i wanted to see more creatives experiencing prosperous wealth mm. and that's where i see the real shifts occurring in this world not through politics not things like that but actual real mm. stories and, and art and expression so there's a bigger vision in that stuff but at the crux of it all is all the same thing it's just I want people to feel free, to feel confident, to feel happy in who they are. And that is as much about the individual and the self as well as it is, you know, money. And you know, they're not separate. It's like money, business, mm-hmm. sex, relationships, family, all of that. It's all interlinked. So that that's what deeply inspires me. That's my vision. And it starts in my home first. And if it's not happening there, more often than not, I don't really care about anything else. Mm. Thanks, Andrew. So we're, we're going to... Uh, and this episode, but I think we could have gone for another hour about creativity and how uh, I think we both think everyone's creative, but it's sometimes repressed, especially in our society. I mean, I, I lived it for me. Um, I was raised with the image of the smart kid, which is not the worst one, right? Some people uh, have the image of the stupid kid or the criminal, but part of it was that I never identified as someone creative. And uh, I've unleashed that a little bit in the past two or three years through music and through um, improv comedy and, and the things. And uh, it's, I, I know a lot of people who think they're not the creative type, but uh, I think you'd agree with me that I encourage, I'd encourage them to double check on this. Yeah, I, I think it's a bigger thing. It's, it's just like identity, like what mm-hmm. we think a creative person is or a happy person is and it's like instead of it's like people doing crimes right and i have direct experience with it instead of seeing someone as a criminal see it as a person that did a crime mm. you know instead of seeing someone that's a creative person it's like see someone as an individual that's unleashing their creativity mm. you know it's someone like that's for me is the biggest thing is if we stop identifying to the thing we create the space and the freedom to be all because we're all fluid we're all fluid beings mm. but we get conditioned and we live into a world that's very rigid and there's rigidity and like the ocean outside my door moves in and out every single day. If I surrender to the flow of that, then I get to experience it all. But if I'm trying to be something else, I'll eventually be corroded away by the natural flow of life. Thank you, Andrew W. Gordon. I think uh, you're a really beautiful man and uh, gratitude is a big part of our training when we join the collective so i'm really grateful to have had you uh, as a mentor during 30 days and then in this podcast of course and to keep getting your support we have a tradition in this podcast because usually we do it in person is to have a big hug so <laughs> even though we're <laughs> two different cities <laughs> it's a big hug um laughing do if you want to like can people follow you somehow yeah, man. Firstly, I just want to say thanks for having me on and I appreciate you doing this, man. It takes courage. It takes consistency. It takes resilience to um, continue creating this stuff. And I think the domain of conversation is, is never been more powerful and, ex- and accessible as it is now. So it's really cool that you're doing this. And um, as I said, I just really appreciate and respect you and the way that you show up, the way that you go for things. Like I've just seen you move to Australia, running events, you're doing other things like as soon as you get there. And um, I really respect and admire that kind of just willingness and that tenacity to just take on life and do it, you know, be the real creator of your, your masterpiece. So I just want to acknowledge you. And then thank you. 
yeah, man, to find me, it's Andrew W. Gordon, uh, O-N, <laughs> G-O-R-D-O-N on Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube's inactive at the moment, but there's some cool stuff coming. Um, and yeah, you can find me there. Otherwise, you can also find us at The Freedom Family on Facebook and Insta and stuff like that too. There's lots of content and films and stuff coming, working on documentaries, all that sort of stuff. Amazing. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. Awesome. Thanks, guys. As usual, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found it was insightful, well, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. You can leave a nice review. And again, if you want to work with Andrew and I, don't hesitate to be in touch because we're a whole community of people like this who work together, support each other. And it's beautiful to work with people like this. Thanks and hope you have a beautiful day.